It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great, and thank you for making us your first listen every day. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. BYU football, what does their future in the Big 12 look like? Well, it's starting to take shape, and Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports laid out what it might look like for BYU, at least for the first couple years of their Power 5 tenure. We'll examine that. We'll also talk about some BYU football players, how they graded out after the 2021 season, According to Pro Football Focus, we'll touch on that as well as catching you guys up on a bevy of other news, men's golf, women's basketball, women's gymnastics. We got a lot to cover ahead on today's show. So let's get rolling here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 19th, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning in my day job. But once again, thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. A lot to get to ahead on today's show, but a quick request for you guys. If you have not done so already, please make sure you leave us a rating and review, especially if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts. And according to our metrics, the vast majority of you, I guess a super majority, Majority of you listen to us on Apple devices. So leaving those five star ratings as well as a review, what you like or dislike about the show, I don't care either way. Would love to have you guys weigh in because it helps us broaden our audience. In turn, BYU fans find us and we find BYU fans when you guys leave those ratings and reviews. So thank you in advance for doing so. All right, getting going on today's show. Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports obviously is one of the foremost writers when it comes to the sport we all love, college football. And he wrote a really cool piece about some stuff he's been hearing about the Big 12. And he says, the Big 12 is engaged in plans to split into two seven-team divisions in football beginning in 2023 to temporarily restructure as a 14-team league as the realignment process unfolds, league sources tell CBS Sports. Now, what does that mean? That means that BYU, as expected, would be going into the Big 12 next year in 2023. The other question that remained out there and had not necessarily been answered, but I think this helps answer that, is that the other three adds to the Big 12, so the other three schools being added, UCF, Cincinnati, as well as Houston. The question was if they were going to get out of their deal with the American Athletic Conference in time to join at the same time as BYU. Well, according to what Dennis Dodd apparently has written here, that will be happening. So all four schools will be joining the conference with both Texas and Oklahoma still in the league, making for a 14-team league for two seasons in 2023 and 2024 ahead of Texas and Oklahoma departing for the SEC. Obviously, NCAA rules require any conference to have 12 teams or more, or they, that has 12 teams or... Con- Wow, if I can get that out of my voice. If any conference has 12 teams or more in its conference, you have to split into divisions per NCAA bylaws. Now, those bylaws could change because there's an NCAA convention ongoing that started yesterday. And obviously, uh, they're going to be voting on a brand new constitution that will actually allow each division, each level of 
uh, NCAA membership, so Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, to actually create their own bylaws and help navigate the sports and the way they operate at the level that they compete at, if that makes sense. This could all change, but as it stands right now, is you will have a 14-team league, and it'll be two 17 divisions for at least two seasons with the Big 12. Now, this also is written that assuming BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF join ahead of the 2023-2024 athletic year, the league will be at 14 teams for two seasons. The Big 12 will then shrink to those 12 teams in football, playing in 16 divisions beginning in 2025. Now, the interesting part about this is how you will delineate this. Uh, KSL Sports had an interview with Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner recently, and he said that the com- the conversations about divisions actually began last October, or this, this, this past October, or yeah, this last October technically in 2021, and they will be ongoing. There's a report here also that BYU, among all other future members of the Big 12, their ADs, so Tom Homo in theory, was in Las Vegas to meet with the other other ADs to hammer out some of these things recently to talk about what the future is going to look like. The interesting part about this is Dennis is not reporting this, but he kind of laid out what he would expect to see with regards to the divisions for BYU with regards to what he could see. He actually thinks it'll be a Big 12 North and a Big 12 South division with Texas and Oklahoma actually split into two separate divisions. Now, the Big 12 North, as he lays it out, includes Cincinnati, BYU, Iowa, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. I think that's pretty reasonable. The Big 12 South would then consist of Baylor, Houston, TCU, Texas, Texas Tech, UCF, and West Virginia. I wanted BYU to be opposite of West Virginia to limit the travel all the way cross country to West Virginia for BYU. That's just a very long trip. UCF also a long trip, so to have them in the South Division means you will not face them every year, and also you will not be traveling there every other year, as it were in the Big 12 North. Traveling to Cincinnati, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State is much more doable. The only problem if you're BYU is that you are stuck in a division where you only have crossover with some of the Texas teams on an annual basis. We all expect, and I would anticipate, BYU making Texas a bigger part of the recruiting efforts moving forward, but I don't think it's always going to be the end-all be-all for BYU to make sure Texas is part of their heart of their recruiting efforts. BYU does a great job pulling from the state of Utah, pulling from the Intermountain West, California, Hawaii, etc. That is something they are going to continue, I think, to have that's going to make them stand out from the rest of the Big 12. But as as Recruiting gets more and more national. We're talking programs going on all over the country, and young men from these high schools, they don't mind going elsewhere because they know that their families can see them on TV every single week due to the expansion of college football television networks. I think that BYU needs to do a better job of recruiting the Big 12 footprint. Can they get a stranglehold, not a stranglehold, a, a stronghold in Texas? Can they work on uh, making some inroads in Florida? Can they work in the Midwest a little bit more to bring players to Provo? I would sincerely hope so, but I think this is actually a pretty good sign that things are moving towards the conference being at 14 teams and the opportunity for BYU for at least two years to have Oklahoma in their division. That means at least once 
chance, based on the way Dennis Dodd lays this out, you'd have Oklahoma at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and hopefully Texas at some point would be coming to Provo to play a Big 12 game. Those would be two huge games before those two Leviathans of the Big 12 move to the SEC. Talk about cash cows, and you absolutely would go for that. The only thing that you have to be concerned about is if they try and pull a power play, speaking of Texas and Oklahoma, and try and get themselves into the same division. But the way that things are going with the Big 12 right now and the way that Texas and Oklahoma have spurned their conference mates, I don't think the Big 12 has any interest whatsoever of doing them any any sort of favors. So I actually think this Big 12 South, Big 12 North layout is very, very well thought out. And the simple part is when Texas and Oklahoma depart, you keep the same divisions. The Big 12 North remains the same minus Oklahoma. And then the Big 12 South, you take out Texas. So essentially you have a Texas-centric Big 12 South with UCF and West Virginia being the outliers. And then you have what we call the upper part of the Big 12. You kind of go on that northern latitude going from Provo clear across to Cincinnati would be the Big 12 North. I think it lays out very well. I think it limits the travel relatively for all these schools. The Texas schools in particular are absolutely going to love that because they can go Baylor, Te- Baylor, TCU, Houston, Texas Tech. Wow, that just makes travel for at least three of your games or four of your games very, very simple. You have to go to UCF, obviously. You have to go to West Virginia, but it limits the travel by and large. So I think this is actually a very smart layout. And the other good news on this part is that it also includes, according to what Dennis Dodd is reporting, that the Big 12 in basketball is going to continue to play its Big 12 SEC Challenge, which is something they play in late January, so it'll be coming up here in a week or so, where Big 12 Conference basketball and the SEC match up in non-conference cross-conference showdowns in hoops. These are big-time matchups. These are actually games that really help your NCAA tournament hopes, and I would sincerely hope that BYU from the get-go gets involved with this. This year, it has 10 Big 12 teams playing 10 of the 14 SEC teams. It's on a rotating basis annually. They've been doing this since 2013, and this would be a year three of a six-year agreement that expires after the 24-25 season, so they'd have to re-up this as Texas and Oklahoma depart the Big 12, but I would hope, at least for those two years, if you've got 14 teams in both leagues play 14 games play them across uh BYU goes on the road one year one year they have a home game against an SEC team in, uh, SEC team in Provo and you do that until Texas and Oklahoma leave and then you go back to that 10 versus 10 matchup I think this is something that needs to continue to happen and it sounds like that is going to continue to happen so All things considered, I think this is good news for BYU, and I think it's a pretty clear indicator that all expectations are that BYU is Big 12 bound in 2023, as we all expected, and the other three entrants into the Big 12, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, they are on their way, getting themselves unentangled from the AAC to join the conference as well, which is welcome news if you're a BYU fan. There's not going to be any delay on getting this Big 12 membership going, and I think we're all just kind of counting down the days at this point. I know there are people in the West Coast Conference out there who were upset online about BYU, they can go cry me a river because BYU cashed in, folks, and we need to celebrate that. It's going to be really, really fun and looks like good things on the horizon for the Cougars. Now, coming up here in just a minute, let's talk a little bit more about BYU football. Who are the highest graded players according to Pro Football Focus from the 2021 season? Some of the names on this list might surprise you, and we'll touch on those in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bill Parts, the New Year's, that means New Year's resolution 
resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. What it is is Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better than a candy bar. It makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good you'll actually want to eat it, unlike other protein bars where you just are like, nope, this ain't worth it. We all know that we want to eat healthy, but it's just so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, okay, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? The good news is Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate so they can satisfy that craving. The more important part, most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein packed into each one of those bars. Absolutely incredible. The more important part is, as BYU football, they benefit from the membership, or not the membership, the relationship that they have with Built Bar via name, image, and likeness agreement with all BYU football players. So when you support our friends at Built Bar and stick to your New Year's resolutions by eating Built Bars, you're supporting BYU football in the process. We're also going to save you guys some money as well. Get to Built.com to place your order now. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. You heard that right. LOCKED15 at Built.com. Support our friends at BYU football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. Today's podcast is brought to you by one of our great local sponsors, and that is our friends at Intercap Lending. There is a reason that no other lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap, but simply put, Intercap, they get deals done, my friends. They offer a quick and simple process. They close loans two weeks faster than the industry average, and although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process. Y'all have seen the numbers on inflation and how the Fed is planning to raise its interest rates. Now is the time to jump on this if you're looking at buying a new home, refinancing, cashing out to do some improvements on your existing home. No matter what you're trying to do mortgage-wise, Intercap is here to help you guys and get it done quickly. That's what Locked On's personal loan officer at Intercap, Steve Carter, has been delivering to hundreds of Locked On listeners since 2018, including Locked On founder David Locke. Let's be real, my friends. If Steve can keep David on track through the entire process, Steve can help anybody. And although Intercap Lending is still relatively new to our podcast here on Locked On Cougars, it is not a new company. It's not a fly-by-night organization. Intercap has been assisting customers with all of their mortgage needs since 1978. That's 44 years of experience. And Steve Carter has been providing Locked On listeners with that same great experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states. So if you live outside the state of Utah, they can still help you. Give Steve a call with any and all questions you got. His direct number, 385-800-8528. That is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. If you want to learn more, you can go online to intercaplending.com. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms out there. And obviously, we've been doing a lot of looking back at the 2021 season for the BYU football program, and for good reason. It was a great season. BYU is coming off two straight years of double-digit wins. What are the chances BYU can repeat that in 2021? Well, according to Harvey Unga, he thinks it can happen relatively easily. He spoke with Dick Harmon earlier this week in the Deseret News saying that he looks back to his playing days. In 2007, he was a relative nobody, as he would tell you, and BYU had an unproven quarterback in Max Hall. They'd just come off the John Beck heroics going 11-2 and in 2006, and nobody really knew what BYU was going to do in 2007. Well, what did they do? They went out and put up an 11-7, and not 11 and 7, an 11 and 2 season in 2007. That's where the 7 comes from. But Harvey acknowledged the fact that BYU has the pieces in place to make it a third straight 10 plus win season in 
in 2022. I do think the schedule offers more pitfalls for BYU than it did in previous seasons. Looking at the 2022 slate, I'm talking about the top end of the Power 5 on next year's slate looks significantly tougher than the Power 5 games that BYU played this year. But hey, BYU went 5-0 and against the Pac-12. And I don't think any of us in our heart of hearts had BYU having a perfect record against that conference in 2021. But I think there are some interesting things to look at looking back at 2021 that help, might help us look with some hope towards the 2022 season. And that comes by way of a really cool article over at Coogs Daily, part of Sports Illustrated. Uh, I thought this was actually fantastic because I'm a big fan. Let me be clear about this. I am a big fan of pro football focus. I think they do a fantastic job. And what they do is they grade every player, every down in every single game. And they make a grade for each of those players, each game, each quarter, all that stuff. They break it down so to a a base level that you can kind of lay out, okay, how did this player perform in this instance under this circumstance, that type of stuff. But they also put together season-long grades. And BYU has some really, really good players coming back in 2022 that should lend themselves to giving BYU an opportunity to run at 10 wins once again. Now, Casey Lundquist wrote this, and obviously I've been paying attention to Pro Football Focus. He just compiled the list of the top-rated 10 players, according to PFF, coming out of the 2021 season. And some of the names in here might surprise you guys. Number one, uh, the, by the way, and this is one thing the author notes, says it's a minimum of 50 snaps played. There are guys who could have played 10 snaps, been phenomenal, and their grade's going to be off the charts. So they accepted that. Now, Number one, Jaron Hall had an 89.2 grade. Jaron Hall's 2021 grades were actually second only to the record-breaking Tyler Algier. Algier obviously moving on and going after the NFL. Well, Jaron Hall's grades were absolutely fantastic despite some injuries he suffered midseason. He passed for 2,583 yards, 20 touchdowns against just five interceptions. Anytime BYU is a high-level quarterback running their offense, you guys can look back at the history. You have a guy who's an upperclassman and has actually been a very good quarterback to that point. You can expect some fireworks, and I think BYU with Jaron Hall at the helm of their offense, you can expect some very good things from them. Number two on this list, and this actually kicks off a run of what you're going to see is a bunch of guys on the offensive front. Clark Barrington, number two with an 84.6 grade from PFF. Clark Barrington has just operated in the shadows for so long. I am a huge fan of his. He's an absolute road grader at left guard for BYU. He's got an NFL future awaiting him whenever he decides to hang it up as a BYU Cougar. Really, really impressive stuff from him, and he is going to be the leader of the offensive line for BYU in 2022. He is a guy that I absolutely love watching, and I think he has developed himself into a fantastic prospect, and it's good to see him high up on this list. Number three on this list, Puka Nakua, tying, oh, actually, just, just behind Clark Brandon, excuse me, 84.2 grade. Puka Nakua obviously had a slow start to the season, but the way he finished the season was absolutely phenomenal. 800 yards, he had 914 total yards, 800 of them receiving and six touchdowns. Puka Nakua is going to go for 1,000 yards if he is healthy for all 12 or 13 games in 2022, in my opinion. He has all the talent, all the skills to be the lead dog for BYU wide receiver. And the nice part is we are going to talk about Gunnar Romney here in a minute to have both of those guys opposite one another at wide receiver. You're talking about some legit weapons for Jaron Hall to sling the rock to. Number four, back to the offensive line. Blake Freeland, 81.7 grade. Blake Freeland is holding down that left side alongside Clark Barrington. The left side was the only uh, two positions on the offensive line for BYU in 2021 where the same guys reprised their roles starting in all 
all 13 games. Very impressive. Also very important for that continuity. The left side, to use the expression from, remember the Titans, it's going to be left side, strong side for BYU in 2022. Running off the butts of Clark Barrington and Blake Freeland, you can do a lot worse than that. And whoever is running for BYU, they are going to have success. And that's where the bonus comes in here, according to Casey Lundquist. Christopher Brooks, who, the new grad transfer from BYU, how did he grade out? 80.9 grades. So he actually mixed right in the middle of this uh, to be one of BYU's top 10 players per PFF. He obviously played at Cal last season, had 607 yards on 5.2 yards per carry last season. It's a very good grade, and he's got a good offensive line in front of him because we're going to talk now about more offensive linemen. The first surprise name to me that popped up here is at number five, Hayden Livingston. Yes, a reserve defensive back with a 79.5 grade. Hayden Livingston has made the most of his opportunities when he's been on the field for BYU. He had two interceptions in 2021 as well as a pass breakup, and he is your highest rated defensive player for BYU. Albeit, compared to the other players we've talked about so far, his snaps are severely limited as compared to some of these other guys. The next two, the next three are all offensive linemen. Joe Tukuafu, 78.8 grade. He is going to reprise his role at right guard for BYU. I think it'll be hard to unseat him as the starter, at least to start the season. He's going to be very, very good. Number seven, Braden Kime with a 76.2 grade. Braden Kime obviously played in a limited role for BYU, did step in when injuries hit that right tackle position. Campbell Barrington, who checked in at number eight, is right behind him at 73.8. The good news is, with all these offensive linemen, Connor Pay also checking at number nine. So four of the last five guys on this list are all offensive linemen, all of them young offensive linemen, and all of them talented and expected to really take on bigger roles in 2022. The good news for BYU's offense is, is I'm looking at this, nine of the top 10, and if you want to include Christopher Brooks, 10 of the top 11 guys in these rankings are offensive players. BYU's offense in 2022 could be scary, scary good. Can the defense match it? Can it show up and help slow down opposing teams and give BYU's offense the opportunity just to really go in a track meet and make things really simple on themselves? We'll see. The final player in the top 10 here is Gunnar Romney with a 73.1 grade. Gunnar Romney obviously returning due to multiple MCL injuries in 2021. Very excited to see him, hopefully, and I've got my fingers crossed, I'm knocking on wood, if you can hear that coming through my mic, he needs to stay healthy next season. If he stays healthy, he could have a monster season alongside Puka Nakua. You could have two guys challenge for 1,000 yards each. I really, really believe that. Through four seasons so far at BYU, Romney has exactly 1,900 receiving yards. That's a shade under, it's 450 yards a year on average. He could double that, not double that, he could push that towards 3,000 yards if he stays healthy in 2022. I'm really, really high on him. Now, the just missed the cut, according to Casey Lundquist, the next five guys out or so include Caleb Hayes with a 72.2 grade at defensive back, Mason Wake on the offense a 72.0, linebacker Max Tooley finally checks in at 72.0, and then Peyton Wilgar, 71.7. That does not include Keenan Peely, who obviously missed the majority of the season with that ACL injury. So, if these defensive players take a leap in 2022 and they match what this offense apparently has put out grade-wise according to PFF, 
BYU's got the makings of being a very, very good team once again in the 2022 season. We'll have to wait and see how it all shakes out, but I really, really like how things are looking right now for the Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out today's show with the other news and notes out there in BYU sports land. There's a lot to get to. We've got stuff on women's basketball, men's golf, women's gymnastics. We'll touch on all of that in just a moment. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at NetSuite. And this is it, my friends, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite is a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer from the number one financial system for growing businesses. That is netsuite.com slash locked. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Before we go on this Wednesday edition of the show, let's run down the other news and notes out there. Something I failed to note in our last little bit there is that Campbell Barrington actually was named as a freshman All-American by the Football Writers Association of America. He was one of 32 players named to the prestigious team that includes 13 offensive players, 14 defensive players, and five special teams athletes. He's a six foot six, 285-pound freshman from Spokane, Washington. As we all saw, Campbell is really, really good in 2021 for BYU, and the future looks very, very bright for him. Whether he ends up playing at either offensive tackle or offensive guard in 2022, I can tell you this much. I am very excited to see him reprising his role for BYU. And the good news is he's following in his brother's footstep. Clark, who is going to be the senior leader for BYU along that offensive line in 2022, was a freshman freshman All-American himself. So the family legacy for the Barringtons, it's a rich one. And I think something that gets a little overlooked, some of the other great players, well, this family legacy of the Barringtons, very, very impressive impressive and very beneficial for the BYU football program. Now, other notes here, BYU women's basketball ranked number 17 in the country. Their road game at Pepperdine scheduled for Thursday has been postponed due to COVID-19 protocols affecting the Pepperdine Waves program. The two schools in the West Coast Conference will obviously look to reschedule that game later in the season if possible. BYU's next game is now scheduled for Saturday, January 22nd at San Diego at the Jenny Craig Pavilion or the Slim Jim as I like to call it. So, uh, I guess a little extra time off for the women's hoops team. This is how COVID's going, man. You have to really go week by week. The hope is that we're kind of cresting this Omicron wave and it's going to have less and less of an impact on the season, but it is affecting BYU basketball this week. On the women's gymnastics front, uh, BYU received another weekly award. Honored senior Sadie Minor Van Tassel as the gymnast of the week. Number 16 BYU took home a win against number 22 ranked Nebraska Saturday at the Bob Devaney Sports Center uh, Sports Center, excuse me, in Lincoln, Nebraska. My 
Reiner Van Tassel, and it's a mouthful there, had a big night. She took home the awards for the highest score on vault with a 9.825 and beam 9.850 in her season debut. She was also awarded the all-around with a final score of 39.325 over Nebraska's Emma Spence, who scored 39.050. So congratulations to Sadie Miner Van Tassel. Really cool to see her getting MRGC honors, gymnast of the week. It's not going to be the last time BYU gets honored with this. Uh, you're going to see this continue to roll out. This is only week two of the season, and you can expect they will continue to add more and more of those honors. Now, the final note on today's show is congratulations and welcome back to BYU star, former golfer Daniel Summerhays, of course, a PGA Tour veteran, spent time on the Corn Ferry Tour as well. He has been named as part of the BYU men's golf coaching staff. Bruce Brockbank, head coach of the men's golf program, said, quote, Daniel Summerhays was a fine student as I have, a student athlete as I've ever seen in my 30 years at BYU. He was at the top of his class both academically and athletically and will be a great example and mentor for the guys on our team. Summer Hayes obviously will be a uh, volunteer assistant coach and be involved in practices, team activities, and will assist in other coaching responsibilities. Summer Hayes competed for three seasons at BYU before joining the nationwide tour and later the PGA Tour. The nationwide tour is now the Corn Ferry Tour. In 39 events as a Cougar, he left his mark on the program recording 27 top 25 finishes, 16 top 10s, 11 top 5s, and a win at the 2007 Ping Cougar Classic. Summer Hayes conclu- concluded his PGA, uh, not his PGA career, his college career after actually winning a nationwide event and deciding, you know what, I've got exemption onto the tour for next year. I am going to jump into that now. He was also coming off a fourth place finish at the NCAA Championships. He's had a great, great career in golf made plenty of money. He resides in Kaysville, Utah, was the head coach of Davis High School for a season, then tried to jump back on the on the Corn Ferry Tour for a time last year, and now apparently has decided that his next stop is to try the coaching ranks. So welcome home to Daniel Summerhays, and obviously a big win for the BYU men's golf program to have one of their all-timers rejoining the program as an assistant coach. So there you go. That's today's edition of the podcast. I mentioned on yesterday's show, I hope to play our interview that I have uh, with Houston Haymuley. Plan to put that on tomorrow's podcast, so stay tuned for that, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Make sure you go and make our friends over at Locked On Bet your second listen of the day. It's your one-stop shop for all your daily gambling needs. Your boy Q, as well as Lee Sterling, are hosts of that. It is free and available on all podcasting platforms. Make sure you follow our show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars, a really simple handle to remember. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter, Jacob C. Hatch is my personal handle and as always feel free to reach out with comments questions concerns advertising inquiries whatever you've got you can email us locked on byu at gmail.com is the email address and that'll do it have a great rest of your day this has been the locked on cougars podcast for january 19th 2022 and we will catch you guys manana You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.